September 11th story. Uh, Jake the Snake. Jake Frazick's September 11th story. Not that you need to have uh, one of those. I just happen to have one. I was in New York at the time. Brooklyn, Fort Greene. My man Rainzo's crib. A graffiti writer friend of mine and a bunch of other graffiti writer homies of his. Uh, the Fort Greene, Clinton Hill area. Um, kind of you know, a gentrified neighborhood of Brooklyn now. Uh, but back then it was still kind of grimy, you know, still art schools and shit, but it was still kind of grimy. And, um, yeah, fucking September 11th, four story brick walk up in Brooklyn, my boy's place. He lives on the fourth floor, a bunch of graffiti writer dudes, you know, some me and some other heads are sleeping on the couches and, and, and it's early morning, you know, not really typical of me at that age or at this age for that matter of a fact, uh, to be waking up so early, unless it's for surfing or for some money um we wake up early the sun's beaming through because of course these dudes don't have fucking blinds or fucking curtains sun's beaming through but there's like a ruckus one of my man's roommates is rushing down the hall and i'm in you know through the living room i'm on the couch so i pop up he's like yo what the fuck's going on runs up the uh the fire escape you know fourth floor so we're right there so we get up there we get up there just in time see what would be the second plane hitting the buildings. Um, we didn't really know what that was at the time. It was just like, fuck. And I got these photographs. Uh, I've been posted them, you know, multiple times, so I don't kind of do that now. I'm not trying to milk it, but whatever. Uh, we just see all this, you know, smoke immediately when the building gets hit. And we don't really know what's going on. We're on the rooftop in Fort Green. It's like six of us. And we're just like stunned and confused and nobody really knows what's going on. We're trying to put on the news, but dudes didn't have cable. And this is like, you know pre-social media, so news and word wasn't traveling that fast at the time. I'm 18, I just graduated high school, and uh, we just walk out on the streets. These dudes are like, fuck, let's just step out. And we're in Fort Crane, Brooklyn, and going in there, bodegas, or any store you're walking in and out of, it's just confusion. Nobody knows what's going on, but there's this thick, fat, nasty cloud of smoky rubble that's come all the way over from Manhattan, Lower Manhattan and Fort Greene, Brooklyn isn't that far from Manhattan. It's not deep, you know. It's just in Sheep's fucking head bay, you know. It's not Flatbush. It's not that far out. Smoke's billowing in. You like that word, billowing? Don't even know where else you would use the fucking word billowing unless if it was smoke that was to billow in. Smoke's billowing into the area, you know, coughing. Nobody knows what's going on. People, you know, in the stores are saying different things. Turn out later, you know, during the day, we would find out that it was fucking planes hitting or, you know, or they tell you it's playing his building, whatever. We're not getting into the fucking conspiracy theory shit. That's not damaged goods. Whatever. Some fucking towers falling. That's all we know. But before we know that, there's all this madness. And if you've ever hung out with graffiti writers, maybe you used to write graffiti yourself. Um, you might know that, you know, there's like this incredibly beautiful artistic streak that runs through the veins of those individuals. But there's also this mischievous... Maybe I don't even want to say juvenile, but certainly delinquent um, streak as well. It used to run through me, and it, and it persists as they're older. With specifically just graffiti, it's it's this they call it the bug. You know, um, you refer to that when you say dudes who get hooked on surfing, except they're hooked on catching tags, throwies, hollows, burners, whatever it is. And so they're like, "Yo, everybody's confused. Everybody's distracted." Let's just go bombing in the middle of the day. I'm not writing graffiti this time, but I'm just hanging out with my friends. So, of course, 
just going right along with it. And we're in parts of Fort Greene, bleeding into parts of Bed-Stuy and Clinton Hill. And these dudes are just like, you know, those metal grates that pull down uh, in front of storefronts. You see them in New York City, L.A., Boston, any city probably around the world. Some, a lot of those are closed because people, store owners don't know what's going on. Everyone's freaking out. These dudes are catching hollows, fucking catching tags, just bombing in the middle of the day. And nobody's fucking batting a nine. Nobody's noticing because to a degree, my friends were right. Everyone's distracted until we catch, or they catch, I should say, some tags on somebody's storefront. And then the dude comes out from where the fuck he came out from. I don't know. He comes out quite mad, as you would imagine. And the dude starts chasing us, chases us through these projects. We're running for a while. We were impressed at the steam this man had in the engine to chase a bunch of fucking 18 and 19-year-olds. Uh, we eventually gave up, and we got back to his crib. And I was stuck in Brooklyn for four days. You couldn't leave the city. There was no buses, Amtrak, none of that shit. And eventually I did take an Amtrak back. Um, and I got some pictures of me on his Fort Green rooftop with these fiery, smoky building remnants behind me. But yeah, anyway, Damage Goods Podcast. Let's fucking make it a little happier here. Um, Jake the Snake, Jake Frazick, Snack the Jack, your host. And on uh, Damage Goods today, I'm discussing biters, sharks. Sharks that swim in the realm, the ocean realms of art. Plagiarizing, eh, maybe a little more professional term. People be stealing shit. People take influence, and we're all influenced by the artists that we love growing up with that maybe made us want to do the art that we do. But sometimes we even take influence a little too firmly in our midst and run with it to the point where... This influence is seeped into what you're creating so much so that it's blurring the lines of originality. It's fucking maybe you're biting, dude. Maybe you're stealing. Maybe you're plagiarizing. Um, and, you know, being a dude who's transcended different realms of the arts. God, I sound like such a fucking pretentious dick. <laughs> but, you know, making music and writing and all this shit. You, you, you can see this in all these different forms of the arts. Um... And you know how it's applied in you know in writing it's just plagiarism. Like some people will steal a, a sentence or an idea. I mean, shit, dude. Certain fucking people steal whole speeches. You just you know uh, you could take a little bit, or maybe you try to make it your own. You switch a couple words out here and there. Um, and in music, you know, sometimes it's you know actual lyrics or bars or an idea, or it's melodies and stuff like that that gets stolen. Uh, and I've always. I don't know. I, I, originality is always the most beautiful part of arts to me. You know, people, you want them to do well at what they're doing, but people trying something new or maybe something that not everyone's doing, I always respect that, regardless if I actually like it or not. In the end, I respect the originality. And so the concept of biting, plagiarizing, stealing, whatever, always upset me. It upset me. I was upset. I was hurt. Uh... You know, and, and you always are trying to modern yourself. Yo, am I doing it? You know, you don't want to ever be guilty of that. At least I don't. I think any self-respecting artist doesn't. Uh, and you have to kind of just check yourself. Make sure, yo, I'm not being influenced too much. I remember, like, towards the end of my music career, I would try not to listen to any artist that might be too similar to what I do when I was writing and recording because I didn't want it to seep into what I was doing subconsciously. Sometimes it's not always like, yo, that was pretty cool. I'm just going to fucking jack it and pass it off as my own. It might be a little more subconscious. It might slide in there, the vitamin and the ice cream trick. You don't even know you're doing it because you like it. You listen to it so much. You watched it so much. You read so many of their books, whatever. 
Uh, but yeah, Damage Goods is discussing plagiarizing today. I don't know why this popped up on my mental snake man radar recently. I must have seen something that I deemed unoriginal. Um, and I took disdain with it. But in writing, I'm trying to be hyper aware when I'm writing that I'm, I'm not, you know, making sure I don't have to. Did someone else say that? Did this idea come to me because it was such a great idea that was just passed down from the mythical beings that may fly above or not? Or am I thinking of this great idea because I found it, I read it, I heard it, I saw it somewhere else before. I don't remember where. You're not trying to steal. You don't know, but did it get in there? So I'm always trying to be hyper aware when I'm writing that I'm not guilty of any of that. And, um, and sometimes I don't read a lot or I'll read authors that don't write like me or, or content that's nothing like what I'm going to be doing. So there's no chance of that. And if you're telling your story, if you find your voice, as they say in many different arts, um, then you're not ever going to really have to run into this because you're telling your stories. That's why I tell these true stories in my books. They're mine. I lived them. Uh, so did some other people who might not like that I wrote these stories. But fuck them because that's life. Um, then you don't have to worry about, like, am I stealing it? Maybe your story might be similar to someone else's. That's possible. There's, what, how many gazillion people in this motherfucking world, this planet? It's possible that you might have some similar experiences uh, and similar perspectives as some people. That's going to happen. But then there's just straight-up biting. And then there's people being accused of it because they're big and successful and people want to, you know, maybe they wish they were big and successful, but they're not, so they're trying to do, knock them down a couple notches, get a little something out of them. J.K. Rowling, or Rowling, I don't know how to pronounce it, J.K. Rowling and or Rowling, the author of the Harry Potter books, which I've never read, uh, was accused, she was accused that she stole ideas from some other author. Um, and this author, you know, nobody had heard of. Um, and, you know, a lot of times legal precedents will take place. Someone's trying to sue. Everybody wants to sue. It's not just in America. It happens everywhere, but America loves to sue. This, I believe, is taking place in the UK. This uh, other author tried to sue, but J.K. Rowling, a.k.a. Rowling, won the case. Whether that means they did or didn't bite, that's unclear. That's just a, a courtroom, maybe not a jury of the peers, but maybe some fucking judge-type person. And over there, and if it was in the UK, they got the white curly fucking wig on still, which is hilarious. Uh, they found it that, nah, this person didn't steal from you. Uh, sorry, boom, thumbs down, you don't get any of the money. JJ, JR Token, JJR Token, um, I'm pronouncing all these like fucking fantasy writers wrong in <laughs> their names because I don't read the books. Uh, the, the writer of The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit was accused by this opera composer named Richard Wagner that Tolkien had copied ideas from, from one of his operas for all all the, his books, The Lord of the Ring and The Hobbits and all that shit. Uh, I don't believe there was any lawsuit. If there was, it wasn't successful. But Tolkien said he was inspired by the opera for these books, but in steel. And that's a fine line. How does one prove that in court? Will your inspiration led to you stealing it? Or, or, you know, you're inspired enough to just go out and create your own. Um, if you're looking at music, there's a very famous case, George Harrison and the Beatles. Uh, they all, you know, had their solo shots. He had his most famous solo song. Excuse me. Air conditioner's just killing me. Uh, My Sweet Lord, which is a religious song. He was a Harry Krishna. Those were the dudes in uh, Park Street Stop Station in Boston on the T. They used to always be running around in there. The Harry Krishnas would try to run up on you with their literature. With their literature. 
He had a song, My Sweet Lord, which is all about praising the Hare Krishna, Lord of God. I don't know what he or they or it's referred to as. And as soon as the song came off, it was his biggest hit that he would ever have. But it was a big hit right then. Right away, he's uh, he's taken to court for biting. The publishing company um, of this group, the Chiffons, had the band, the Chiffons had a song, He's So Fine. And the melody, they said, was directly copied from George Harrison, one of the Beatles, directly copied it. Um, so he was kind of found guilty. Not, not guilty like, yeah, you stole, but he was found guilty of what they called unintentional plagiarism. Unintentional plagiarism. That's that subconscious kind of... Oh yeah, I heard this song and I really liked it. And I guess I accidentally made a song with the exact 100% same melody. Guilty of unintentional plagiarism. So then what he did, since he's George Harrison, one of the Beatles, he's mad fucking rich. What does he do? He loses the court case. Then he goes and buys the publishing company that owned the song He's So Fine. So now he owns it so he can keep making money off his fucking uh, My Sweet Lord song, unoriginal or not. And he owns their other song so no one's going to sue him unless he wants to sue himself. Uh, which maybe that happens if you're fucking schizophrenic. Uh, Dan Brown. Dan Brown is an author with this book that was very popular in the early 2000s, the early aughts or whatever, The Da Vinci Code. The Da Vinci Code. I like to call it The Da Vinci Code. I'm surprised some MC didn't fuck come up with a mixtape called The Da Vinci Code. That would have been genius. Anyway, he was accused of stealing uh, from this book, which I've read, called Holy Blood, Holy Grail. Holy Blood, Holy Grail, Holy Blood, Holy Grail was a book I read in my younger conspiracy theory days. It's a book that is uh, intended to be, or is allegedly to be true. Whereas the Dan Brown book, The Da Vinci Code, uh, is a novel. It's, it's purely fantasy. I mean, some of this mystic uh, secret society kind of ancient knowledge mystery stuff is the backdrop of the book and maybe that stuff's you know true but it's a it's a story and they made a movie and Tom Hanks is running around trying to solve uh, the mystery and um, Holy Blood Holy Grail authors did not win the case Dan Brown won they made many movies Tom Hanks appeared again and I'm sure they raked in a lot of big fucking bucks big money Alex Haley Alex Haley is the author of uh, Roots, which has turned into a very famous movie, and uh, he's also the biographer for the autobiography of Malcolm X. I believe that was dictated to him, um, most of it, and you know he wrote it, which is a fucking fantastic book. Uh, everyone should read it. This is an interesting thing because you know some of these people, most people are accused of plagiarism, and most will deny. Until they have to enter a court proceeding, and maybe they settle out of court, maybe they're found guilty, maybe they're found innocent, and they win, and they keep all the money. Rarely does people admit to things like plagiarism, like biting. Alex Haley, uh, oddly, admitted to plagiarizing material from another source for the book, source of the book, Roots. So he had some, you know, authors have sources they're getting historical information from. He admitted to plagiarizing from one of those books. It's still a good book that he wrote. It's still a great book. Uh, it kind of step into the argument or the discussion of can you separate the art from the artist? I guess that all depends on what the artist did or didn't do. You got a case like R. Kelly, right? Uh, might be a little harder to separate R. Kelly's music from someone who maybe stole and bit from another artist. You know, he's he's been proven of having fucking sex and uh, uh, with with minors. And, and even with adults against their will, 
um, pretty undeniable evidence. He's, he's sentenced, he's in jail. That's a little different than maybe you, you stole pieces from another book or, you know, or you, you, and you lied about it. I think you could separate the artists from those arts differently. Um, and it, it's, it's uh, you know, stealing for me, plagiarizing is one of the most unartist things somebody can do, but it's still a good book. And it, I don't, you know, I mean, look, Led, Led Zeppelin, the band Led Zeppelin. I like Led Zeppelin's songs. You do probably, maybe, who knows. Uh, they kind of bit pretty heavy. There's lots of documentation of them stealing so many melodies from blues artists and things for like a lot of their big hits. And they're still liked. So it's still good music. You can like it. Maybe I listen to it with a different understanding. Maybe they didn't kind of come up with all these songs. Alex Haley admitting to that doesn't really destroy these beautiful works he did, or at least that book in general, Roots. But, you know, it's unflattering to find that out. Um, Malcolm Gladwell is another author. Uh, I wrote a book like The Tipping Point is one of his more famous ones. And um, even the band Roots, hip-hop band Roots, they named one of the albums after the book, Tipping Point. Uh, it is alleged that he copied a lot of ideas for that book uh, from a, a sociology professor, and he did not cite the sociology professor. Malcolm Gladwell denies this. And I think some more claims came at him from some other people. So he's kind of got a little dirt on his reputation. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if that makes a difference to anybody. He's still pretty popular. The other people that he stole from, I never heard of him. Have you? So that's that's kind of the problem here. You know, maybe the, the guilty party is still successful and still benefits from this. So what lesson is this teaching me or teaching you? I hopefully it's not to go out and bite and steal other ideas. Write your own shit, read your own shit, you know, uh listen to you know music that you like, but make your own music. Try to be original. Um because just especially in music, you know, it, it bums me out and you'd hear it a lot. Uh people, you know, especially in hip hop, stealing like a bar, or is it just you know, kind of a similar lyric to somebody? There's sample issues, interpolation. Um, and, you know, it, at least specifically in hip-hop, biting and unoriginality, plagiarism is always used to be very frowned upon. It. And it's so frowned upon that, you know, you, artists wouldn't be respected. Uh, that wouldn't be tolerated. Times have changed. I mean, dudes used to throw down beatdowns, throw out fucking beatdowns for that shit. You could be, like, excommunicated from the realm of hip-hop for that. Nowadays, it doesn't fucking seem to matter. The Beatles. Let's drag the Beatles through the mud again. One more again, dude. Oh, Jake, the snake. Fun fact. Not a big fan of the Beatles. Lots of classic rock and shit was in my household. Uh, my parents, uh, they didn't rock the Beatles that hard. My father likes solo John Lennon. Great artist, right? Make great music. Kind of known for beating women. So there's another separate the art from the artist thing. But anyway, let's drag the Beatles through the mud one more again. Big hit. Surfing USA. Oh, what a big hit. First off, they didn't even fucking surf. Fucking posers. Fucking all up in California, Malibu, surfing USA. Make it surfing popular. Getting the lineups crowded for dudes like me out in the water. And these guys don't even fucking paddle out. <laughs> My first knock on them. Um, anyway, surfing USA is a huge hit. Chuck Berry. Maybe you heard of him. A legendary music artist. Uh, a legend whom the Beatles admired, respected, and were most certainly influenced by. Chuck Berry, the legend, saying he's going to sue. Because their Surfing USA song is like his song, Sweet 16. And he tells them this. Now, being that this is an artist that they respect, admire, and most likely were influenced by, 
And, you know, this is like an idol to them, to be honest. Um, the Beatles backed down real quick. They Maybe they felt bad. Maybe their fucking, you know, their label or their management was like, yo, this looks bad. Uh, you are going to lose in court. Or maybe they were having a you know, moment of conscience. I don't know. They backed down quick and they gave him the rights, all the publishing rights to Chuck Berry for Surfing USA. Surfing USA was a big hit, big money. Hopefully Chuck Berry got paid off that shit. Um, I think the Beatles were just fine, except for George Harrison, but he was just fine too. Um, yeah, so anyway, big money for, 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 for Chuck Berry there. Uh, there's cases like like David Bowie Queen suing Vanilla Ice for you know, his Ice Ice Baby song, taken from their Under Pressure song. And there's definitely cases where, you know, hip-hop artists and producers sample blatantly. You know, we're talking about taking a very popular song, not digging into the crates for some obscure shit. Some popular song, a popular pop song from decades previous, and just looping the most popular part of it. You know you're going to get hit up by, by you know, the publishing company, the label, or even the artist of whoever you're looping, you know? Um... That's not really, you're not being slick. I, I mean, I'm not hating on it because I like songs like that, but you can't expect not to get hit up, especially taking a song like Under Pressure from Bowie and Queen. Uh, and he, I, you know, you change one little note in there, that melody, and you might legally be in a loophole, boom, you're all good. You might not, you know, but a lot of hip hop producers, they chop. That's what they do. It's, to me, it's not plagiarizing, in my opinion, to sample. In hip hop, I look at sampling as a as a unique art form that's specific to hip hop. I mean, it's grown into other genres now, but you know these dudes are digging for records that you don't know from other countries you've never been to, and they're chopping up parts of it, and then they even sample songs that you do know and love. You own it, your fucking house right now, but you don't even know that they chopped this little weird part of it and flipped it. That's art to me, uh, and I love it. Not everyone does, but you won't even know that sample. Some loop well-known songs, and that's done purposely, but that comes with baggage. You know, you, you want the notoriety that song has that you're sampling or looping. That's the one that's going to draw on a lot of ears, but you got to know that you're playing with fire there. There's a little baggage. Fab's song, Fabulous, the rapper, um, he had this very popular song, Breathe, produced by Just Blaze. And it's a Super Tramp sample. Super Tramp's a band from the 70s. The single, I believe the single leaked is how it got out well before the album. It was a big fucking song. And it was a street record for Fab. He'd been doing a lot of these club records for a, a mixtape dude like himself. I think people were so pretty happy to see a commercial push of a song of his that wasn't a club record. And, you know, he did his thing on it. Just Blaze killed the beat. The Super Tramp sample is great. It leaks before the album. They do the video. Single's blowing up huge. Super Tramp's label gets a Fab, or Fab's label, we should say. And ultimately, what happens in this situation, Super Tramp makes a demand, and the problem is, this is the problem, the song Breathe was so popular, Fab's label wasn't going to say, nah, we're, we, we need this to promote the album, we're gonna, even if we're not getting money out of it. Fabulous Pride 2 was like, God, this is such a big song, we're not going to shelf it. So Super Tramp, the band, they get 100 k as a flat fee, and all the publishing from that song. So they basically made no, Fabulous and his label made no money off Breathe. Now Breathe might have been enough of a buzz to help sell the album, so there's still money generated, but that's a pretty big slight financially. Um, are there rock musicians that be stealing from other rock musicians? I don't know. Maybe it's more hard to get caught. I mean, we were just talking about Zeppelin doing it. Um, in recent years, there's that famous case of Pharrell and Robin Thicke and T.I.'s on the song, but uh, they got sued by the Marvin Gaye estate. 
and you know for that blurred line song and the Marvin Gaye estate won which surprised me I'm a huge Marvin Gaye fan I don't really like people suing each other but it was pretty undeniable that they had you know borrowed from um I forget which Marvin Gaye song is I'm blanking out right now um and then to kind of like I don't know it's Marvin Gaye dude I think I don't know why I guess I was happy that his estate won um it wasn't a sample it was uh interpolation but they didn't change it enough and boom this this happens some smaller rap artists uh you know they use interpolation they will have samples replayed if they can't afford to clear them you know um but this was a major mainstream smash the blurred lines and it was designed to be so that's why they fucking took from a marvin gay song that's the pop music that's pop music is crafted in such a similar light of the marvin gay song to make it more palatable to the masses but boom they got hit up snake man do, do i plagiarize that's me talking to myself you know we're, i was discussing this earlier i try to be mindful no Similar ideas, yeah, that's possible. Uh, I mean, it happens in, in stand-up comedy a lot. You know, biting is very forbidden in, in comedy. People have these issues where, you know, a, concepts for a joke might just be out there, and somebody in fucking a comedy club in Chicago is doing it, and some guy's doing it in Hollywood. It doesn't mean they always stole it. It just, you know, and the joke might be structured different, but it happens. Some ideas are out there. That's why, I, like I said before, I try to tell my stories. Use my voice, my voice. You know, you tell your stories in your, your songs, your movies, your books, your whatever. And then you don't have to worry about it. Um, but there is other people out there in the world that are like-minded like you that you might not know that might be doing the same thing you're doing. And that's different. Uh, and that's tough because that's out of your control. So you just kind of got to strike first or just, and just commit to your shit and be honest about it. Um, but, you know, you got to you gotta try to find a way to keep it, keep it from being like anybody else's shit, you know. Uh, and you want it to be authentic, because that authenticity, that authenticity is some shit you can feel. It's tangible. Even if you're reading or listening or watching, you can still feel that shit in your motherfucking fingertips. Um, you guys hear the squeaky McSqueakies here in my chair? It's a goddamn miracle. There is a God, and you know, the proof is, it's a goddamn miracle this chair didn't collapse during the podcast. I thought it was going to. Uh, it's very squeaky. I also thought my chains, my necklaces were going to, you hear them jingle jangling? I thought that was going to jingle jangle a little bit through this podcast, which I also did a live, IG live. Um, but then I got more scared of the fucking chair squeaking and crumbling and me just eating shit right here. Neither of those happened. It's a good day, dude. It's a good day. And uh, thank you for listening to Damage Goods Podcast. Rate it, review it. Follow him, um, fucking all the socials, Damage Goods Podcast, at Jake Frazick. Go get QuickSync. Go get the waiting room, my books. The links are in the bio, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kindle, the ebooks, audiobooks, all that shit. Get them shits.